I'm financial expert and New York Times bestselling author Nicole Lappin. And I'm Magnify, the AI assistant that powers the Magnify app. And we are your money assistants. On the show, we help people overcome financial setbacks and meet their money goals. So here's what we're going to do. First, you'll hear me talk to a guest about their relationship with money and their financial dreams. And then I'll provide a personalized game plan developed by the most cutting edge financial technology. If you want us to be your financial assistants, listen to the end of the episode to hear how. Until then, this is who we'll be assisting today. Hi, my name is April and I make 150000 a year and my husband makes 50000 a year. I currently have $316,000 in debt, which includes my mortgage, credit cards, car, and tractor. My money goal is I want to help my daughter pay for college. She did have an Army scholarship, but has decided not to pursue the Army, so now she has to pay that back. I'm thinking about taking a loan from my 457 retirement plan in order to help her. Also, I want to invest money outside of my 457. So April, we're going to put your money assistant to work in just a bit, but we can't start there. We have to start with your story first uh, and how money has played a role in that story. So let's play a little word association game. I'm going to say a word and then you tell me the very first word that pops into your head. Cool? Cool. Retirement. Stable. College. Generational wealth. Debt. Negative. Yeah. (laughs) Investing. Generational wealth. Savings. Important. Money. Tool. I love your answers. Two of them were generational wealth. So can we double click on that? What does generational wealth mean to you? Um, My husband and I are building that or that's our goal to build that. Uh, Neither one of us came from money. And I think that it was always a worry in our home. And we don't want it to be for our kids or our grandkids, considering I just had my first grandkid was just born on Monday. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. So the generations are growing. Yeah. What was your relationship with money growing up? You didn't come from money. Your husband didn't come from money. But what are some of your early memories around money? It never seemed like we had enough. And it always seemed like it was a stressor. You are now the breadwinner of your family. How does that make you feel? Yeah, not a surprise. Um, I want control of our future, my future, my kid's future. And so um, it's not surprising that that I chose that. And does money still make you feel stressed like it did when you were a kid? No. Oh, when did that change? I think when I started to prove to myself that I could make it, I could save it. And I could at least prioritize when they were growing up for, you know, food. We we didn't worry about food or rent. I could prioritize for that. And that's why I wanted to take it a step further. And how do I prioritize investing. I feel like that's my next step. I think so too. Let's talk about debt though for a moment. So in addition to your mortgage and your credit card debt, you have debt for a tractor? (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) We also have a beach property. And when we bought the beach property, it seemed like an investment to do our own work and um, to buy the tractor. So we did. And we've been able to do some of our own work on the current home we live in too. And so I would say that my husband would say it's paying itself off. What would you say? <laughs> it's only 20000 in debt instead of thirty at this point. And it was, it's with a good interest. And surprisingly enough, tractors do not lose value. Huh. Good to know. <laughs> That's one of the few vehicles. What was your strategy for paying off your debt when you got into it? Or did you have one? We've been debt-free minus the mortgage probably five, six times 
in our lives. Um, before I did the job that I do now, I would bonus and it would be significant. So we were able to pay off debt in that way. Um, and we're pretty good about either no interest or low interest rates. And then we generally pay off the highest interest rates first and always pay down more than what's expected. That's awesome. So when you got a bonus, you would just pay off debt with that bonus. Correct. No vacations, no shopping sprees. Not really. No. And it's how we paid for our first daughter's college, where my bonus is too. So I think that adjusting, there's seven years in between the two. And so adjusting for making sure that I get to do that with the second one without the bonus. So what happened to the bonuses? I was working retail. I worked retail for 24 years. And I don't work retail anymore. I work in government and they don't bonus. Yeah, they definitely don't. <laughs> but you have a 457, which you didn't in retail. And I have a pension, which I didn't in retail. I mean, pensions are very cool. They're, they've gone by the way of the Blackberry or the Dodo bird, but uh, they're very cool to have indeed. How much do you want to have saved for retirement? It's an interesting question. Um, my goal is to have at least $900,000 in my 457 by the time that I retire. But I don't see myself wanting to retire either. I mean, I plan to work into my 70s because I love my job. I love that. Let's talk about your daughter for a second. You want to help her with tuition. Uh, about how much do you want to be able to contribute? So we will have to pay back um, about 14000 the army for a scholarship that she had used already and then um i have about twelve thousand dollars more I, I only pay for undergrad my oldest daughter i paid undergrad and she's an attorney so i did not pay for a law school and then this one will be a nurse and i don't plan on paying for anything after so your first daughter took on student loans to yeah. pay for law school and, and presumably your other daughter will for nursing right so do you want the money that you contribute to be a loan or do you, you want it to be a full gift? You don't want it back from them. I do not. I tell them that, but no. It's very cool. They can take care of me if I retire. <laughs> yeah, they better. So let's <laughs> talk about the loan. You're thinking about borrowing from your 457 plan, right? Tell me about your thinking there. Well, um, borrowing from my 457, uh, I looked into it. It'll only cost me $75 to do that. And it's a 9% interest rate that I'm paying back myself. So it seems like a win-win. I mean, I don't even think that my 457 is getting 9% back from its investment right now. So to me, it's almost a better deal than what it's getting in stock market. So yeah. So the cool thing about borrowing from the 457 plan for any listener who doesn't know is that you basically pay interest to yourself, which is awesome. You are the lender. You are also the borrower. And there's no loan application. There's no credit score check. There might be that small fee. But there's some not cool things with this as well. So there's the risk of double taxation. Like in other words, because your loan repayments are made with after-tax dollars, you're going to pay taxes again on the interest portion of the loan. But bigger than that, it sounds like right now you have at least five sources of debt, right? The mortgage, the credit card, the tractor. Uh, with this loan, you would be adding a sixth. I'm not sure if I love that, but how does that make you feel? I don't know of another option. And so to me, it's better than getting another loan. You mean like a personal loan or student loans? Yeah. Even a I make too much 
for her to get any subsidized loans. So to me, it's the best option she has. Okay, so adding another source of debt is going to change your spending plan, your budget. Uh, realistically, shifting money toward paying off more debt is most likely going to mean shifting money away from your goals, like a beautiful $900,000 plus retirement. So if you had less money squirreled away for retirement, I would say, no way, Jose, don't do the loan from the 457. But if your $182,000 earns 8% a year, you're going to have over a million dollars in your retirement account at 70. And that's even if you don't make another contribution ever again, which is not me necessarily giving you permission. You do need to keep contributing to your retirement plan. If you want to lower your contributions in order to pay back the loan, you're in an okay position to do that. I plan on continuing to. I didn't plan on stop. Great. So it sounds like you've pretty much decided that you're going to do this. But I would say before we put a fine point on it, let's get into the sheets, like the spreadsheets, of course. Uh, I, so I need you to go through your debt, you know, pay special attention to the interest rate for each loan. As you said, you've prioritized the debt that has the highest interest rate, which is my favorite method of paying off debt. If you can outpace your debt with investments, then I would also do that. So if your tractor is costing you 4% in interest, you can get 5% on a bond, let's say, then you net out 1% if you put this financial picture together correctly. You just want to make sure that you are earning more, like it's a compare and contrast of your interest rates, you want to be earning more than you are spending, of course. So do you feel like you can have a little spreadsheet party with these interest rates? Or do you already have one? No, I don't have one. I would love to have one. All right, great. Let's bring in your money assistant and let's make a game plan. What do you think? Awesome. Love it. Hi, I'm your AI investing assistant powered by Magnify. And yes, I'm AI. I'm engineered to answer your biggest investing questions and help you make your money work for you. Hi, April. Hi. You want to invest outside your 457 retirement plan. Is that correct? Correct. Generally speaking, 457 plans are tax advantaged deferred compensation retirement plans offered by state governments, local governments, and some nonprofit employers. Eligible participants are able to make salary deferral contributions depositing pre-tax money that is allowed to compound without being taxed until it is withdrawn. Notably, 457 plans are similar in nature to 401k plans. So Nicole Human here, uh, because you have a pre-tax account, April, I think perhaps the next choice for you would be opening up a Roth IRA or a Roth IRA. Magnify, can you explain what a Roth IRA is? Roth IRAs and traditional IRAs are both retirement savings accounts, but they have some key differences. Roth IRAs are funded with after-tax dollars, meaning you won't get a tax break when you contribute. However, withdrawals from a Roth IRA are tax-free in retirement. Traditional IRAs are funded with pre-tax dollars, meaning that you get a tax break when you contribute. Withdrawals from a traditional IRA are taxed as ordinary income in retirement. Cool. 
Thanks, Magnify. So April, what I would recommend is opening up a Roth IRA because it is post-tax dollars. Uh, and that would mean that you have one pre-tax account for retirement and one post-tax account. So you're diversifying there. Um, you're hedging for whatever tax situation you will be in when you retire, whatever the tax situation at large for this country will be when you retire. How does that sound? Awesome. Can I help you make a portfolio with your Roth IRA? Sure. When putting together a portfolio, the first decision to make is which asset class to include. The two most popular asset classes are equities and bonds. Let's start with equities. I'll give you three options for S&P 500 exchange traded funds, ETFs with low fees. First, do you know what an S&P 500 exchange traded fund is? Somewhat. An ETF or exchange traded fund is a tradable basket of assets which usually conform to certain characteristics, i.e. an ETF of growth stocks or treasury bonds. Here are three common options, SPY, VOO, and IVV. Would you like to compare these funds? Over the last one-year period, VOO was the least volatile with 17.3% volatility, and IVV has the best returns at 17.04%. Do you need any more information, or would you like me to choose one to add to your portfolio? Choose one to add to my portfolio. Great. Now let's add bonds. Adding fixed income investments like these can help further mitigate your portfolio's overall risk. How old are you? 46. Most experts recommend that you set your bond allocation in your portfolio to your age, meaning investing 46% in bonds and the remaining 54% in equities. All right. Thanks, Magnify. Uh, April, do you have any questions to all of that? I don't. That was very cool. Or what did you just learn? The 46%. That's so easy. So 40, do it on based on your years of age. I think that that's awesome. It's easy to remember. Good. Yeah. And the thinking behind that is the older you are, you want things to be safer, right? So as you age, you're going to have more and more of your portfolio into traditionally safer investments like fixed income or bonds. And when you're younger, like if you're 20, you don't need a huge percentage of bonds. Like 20% is fine, 80% in stocks because you'll really benefit from all of that growth by the time you need it. And how does a Roth IRA sound to you? Yes, I, that, I mean, it was the guidance that I was hoping for. Okay, great. So basically with 401ks and 457 accounts that you know come from nonprofits or the government, those are tax advantage when you put money in, but you have to pay taxes when you take the money out at ordinary income. You know that, right? Mm -hmm. So with the Roth version of that, you pay taxes now so you don't pay taxes later. Yes, I learned that from your book. Great. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. Um, I am so, so proud of you. So April, to close, I would love for you to repeat after me. I will invest in myself. I will invest in myself. Do the work. Do the work. And meet my financial goals. And meet my financial goals. Yeah. Thank you. Money Assistant is a production of Money News Network. Money Assistant is a sponsored podcast by Magnify. Magnify is the AI designed to help you invest. Yes 
you, you too can have me and Magnify as your money assistants. Subscribe to Magnify at moneyassistant.com and not only will you get your own AI financial sidekick, but you'll also get access to a members only live Zoom workshop with me where I'll answer your investing questions and together we'll get you on the road to financial freedom. Advisory services are offered through Magnify LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Mutual funds and exchange traded funds, ETFs, are sold by perspective. Please consider the investment objectives, risks, changes, and expenses carefully before investing. The perspective, which contains this and other information about the investment company, can be obtained by the fund company or your financial professional. Be sure to read the perspective very carefully before you decide whether to invest. This is a sponsored podcast paid for by Magnify LLC. I'm a client of Magnify LLC, so this should be considered an endorsement or testimonial. Magnify LLC is a client of Money News Network LLC, so I do have an incentive to promote this client. The testimonials provided may not represent the experience of other clients and are not a guarantee of future performance or success. Opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of Magnify LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Magnify LLC does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance.